as Walter makes a run ahead of it. Burkamp suddenly changed pace through the centre. It's Burkamp! That's magnificent! The move, and then this, which left Dabby's ass totally stranded. Hello, welcome to Verkamp Wonderland. Allegedly, still going strong after 10 years as an Arsenal podcast. Uh, we've been away for a little while because there's not been really much to talk about. Plus, everybody's really busy, and Josh has been busy trying on jaunty hats and Chris complaining about running 100 miles a month. I don't run 100 miles a month. And I'm perfectly happy with me tonight to talk about uh, the preseason games, to talk about the transfers and their hopes and dreams for next season. Top right hand corner, it's Cactus Cash or Rich to his mates. How are you doing, Treacle? I'm doing very well, Danny. How are you, mate? I am full. I'm on a diet of meat, potato and fruit. It's like being a caveman again, and, and uh, I'm, I'm weeing every four hours, so sometimes it's best not to answer questions like that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I, I, I slightly regret asking it, but yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's good to yeah. know that you're doing well, mate. It's good to know that you're doing well. Have you missed us? Because it's been quite a while since you've been on, because you've, you, you've got kids and a job, you know, and stuff that I don't have to deal with anymore. I have, I have. Every time I say, I look at the old, the, the old WhatsApp group and see all the old messages in there, and I've missed like so many of them. It's just, uh, I, I don't have enough. Unfortunately, don't have enough hours in a day. But um, now that the football coaching season is is officially finished and done for the uh, until September, I can hopefully be a little bit more uh, available for you guys. Lovely. How did your girls get on? Um, really good, to, to be honest with you. Like I say we 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 lost more matches than we won, but um, every single one of them was a, a much better player uh, at the end of the season from what they started at. And um, yeah, it was all, it was really, really enjoyable. Really, really enjoyable. And so I was ready for, ready for a break of it. I've, I've literally been coaching now for, because I did the entirety of last summer for like almost like two years constant and I'm absolutely knackered. Um, but it's been, it's been absolutely fantastic and enjoyable and like say some, some good laughs along the way. So. Yeah, I say the only thing I can say is that they're better players now than they were at the start. So that's all I can ask for. Excellent. Well, you're doing something good in the world. All I'm doing is screaming at my cat for being an arsehole. Also uh, with us tonight is is the magic man. It is Femstar, the uh, TMZ's uh, very own, the man who witnessed Britney Spears being beaten up and uh, was all over Twitter and, and the world. So uh, we're glad you've gone full Jeff Arsenal on us, Femi. You've, you've outgrown the pod yeah, already. Yeah, I'd rather not not have that happen again. The amount of abuse I was getting, I, I didn't know about. I heard about Stan culture, but I didn't know about it until I randomly tweeted something out that that went on TMZ, and the amount of abuse I got. Oh my gosh, I was getting abuse left, what, right, and saying, "Oh my Why did you, you get any abuse? Her fans. I don't know why. They just, oh, you're lying, and you made it up. They called me a TMZ plant. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> They seriously, they found my Instagram. They started messaging me on Instagram, abusing me there. I was like, okay. <laughs> I, to be fair, I just, I just are muted. notoriously mad. I just muted the tweet and just got on with my life, to be honest with you. How was Las Vegas, though? Oh, it was amazing. Every day was a movie. Every day. Well, did, did Every day was a hangover. 
I did. I won. I won on my first night. Of course you did. And then I lost a little bit of the winnings. Actually, I didn't bet any more of my own money. And then I thought, this is just a game of luck. And I thought, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> That's it. You never see a casino owner having to sell their house and become homeless. Don't gamble, people. Yeah. It's for mugs. Yeah. Um, I lost a, right. quarter, a quarter of what I won. That's all, all I lost. Excellent. So how long are you back in the UK for now that you're, uh, you, you've left? <laughs> I was supposed to go away in August, but I'm, yeah, I'm staying here in this weather, this lovely weather that we have this amazing summer. I've looked it up. It is the, um, the currents coming from America and South America blowing across, getting cold and hitting us. It's going to be like this all the way through August as well. So, no way. Yeah, <laughs> worst bad. summer I have ever known in my life. Absolutely. It'll probably get hot in September. You'll be shocked. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, let's say hello to some of the uh, cheeky monkeys that have uh, joined in with us tonight. We've got Phil Macker. Do I need to apologise for doubting Havertz yet? Um, I think you may well have to. Uh, uh, Ru- Rudy is there. Says, not yet, Phil, but he's going in the right direction with these kind of performances. Rudy says, evening. Uh, Michael in Sweden is there. He's double dipping. He's on YouTube and he's on Twitch. Lovely job. I should actually go and get the the podcast Twitch up and then I'll uh, I'll have it there just in case I need to uh, send a special hello to anybody. There we go. Uh, Who else? Uh, We've got Patrick Carlson, I think, also in Sweden. Avon, not Teddington. He's there. Mr. Waffles in in, uh, in Portland. Don't tell me you're not in Portland. I know where you are. Jim Eves, hello. And uh, no, em- oh, no Emirates Cup against Monarch. All oh, right. I thought you were saying there is none. No, the next game is uh, that. And then we've got the Charity Shield. Loki, how do you do this? Uh, formerly Noza. Good evening. Um, as long as you stopped with the scampi fries, Danny, I haven't had any anything nice for so long. It's ridiculous. Um, and you know, I'm kind of, I think I've been keto because all I'm doing is weeing, and all I'm eating is fruit and meat. And uh, I'm going to go and live in a cave. Who else is here? Uh, Russ. Good evening, everybody. And Mr. Waffle said he's in Portland, Maine. I bet he's not. I bet he's 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 telling me porky pies. Um, right. So let's get on with this then, you two. Um, we have played four preseason games, one one at Nuremberg, and Saka scored. And then the MLS All-Star game, 5-0. But that is playing against a load of players that don't play together. Jesus, Trossard, Jorginho, Penn, Martinelli, and then Havertz. And then the Man United game, which is quite weird because it was more like a fight club game. We lost 2-0 there. And then last night, Femi, uh, you, me, and Carl were up in the WhatsApp group at, what, 4, 5, 6 a.m., still talking all the way through the game. We beat Barcelona 5-3. We could have beaten them 10-3. Um, what do you think about that game? Could have been ten five as well. They hit the bar a couple of times as yeah. well. It was uh, yeah. For, I mean, a lot of people haven't seen it, but the first half was just absolutely crazy. It was just tackles flying in left, right, and centre. I, I lo- to be fair, now that I look back at it, I was like, I actually loved it. It was, but it was, it was great. It was crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, from the first minute, there was just just fouls, tackles. Um, Oh, clearly there was an amateur ref in charge, and the players kind of noticed that. And and another thing is the players noticed that in preseason I'm not really going to get a red card, so I can kind of do whatever the hell I want. 
you know, there's there's guys handballing the ball when it's going right into the net, and they're not even getting <laughs> yellow cards. <laughs> you know, it's just, it was just like a free for all game in that first half. It was, um, I think we started a bit frantic, is what I'd say. Arsenal, um, Barcelona literally employed the same tactics that Man United tried, which is to defend deep and to hit us with long balls. Which it seems that. That's a tactic that a lot of teams are going to try against us this season because they noticed that even Barcelona, the great Barcelona, couldn't outdo us in possession. You know, the way that we play now, we, we dominate possession against even Man City did it against us. Even when we went to the Etihad, they knew that we were going to dominate possession, dominate the territory. So they just decided to just hit the ball long. And sooner or later, we have to find a solution to that. Um, I, I, I mean, I saw some different tactics yesterday, even though the formation kind of seemed the same. The tactics were a little bit different in that, I don't know if you noticed, Danny, but all our midfielders <laughs> decided to abandon their, their positions the majority of the game. And everyone went to press. Even Thomas Party was going forward to press. That is that was, is a um, that is a worry for next season because uh, no Xhaka to do defending midfield and everyone seems. I, I said in, a, in our group, I said it's almost like a six aside at times, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was that crazy because literally, Arsenal would go forward, they'll press so hard on Barcelona. Barcelona would get two passes and then they just got a man running towards our back four basically with no midfield in sight and it, our midfielders running back it was it was just crazy and it was all it was like that all first half but somewhere in the half i think when we go behind we seem to get a little bit frantic as well but every time we seem to come back then we calm down then we go behind but it was it was enjoyable i mean what, what else do you want from a preseason? I'm sure our, our american fans will have is, is this how football is every week they will they will love it <laughs> did, did you see any of it, Rich? Um, I saw. <clears throat> so I saw the. I say I saw a, a chopped up twelve minute highlight um, thing on YouTube, and I saw today. Um, I saw the first half on Arsenal player. Um, yeah, it did say. It did did seem like I say kind of frantic and a, and a, and a bit crazy. Um, I, I saw. Um, I kind of maybe let's say uh, biased because I saw uh, I think it was Femi's message in, in the WhatsApp group him saying that um, Party was was like pressing like Torreya you um, Emery had Torreya uh, doing and I was like it, it really is it's just so so kind of high I don't know if that's how they're trying to counteract that ball over the top by stopping them from trying to play it or something I don't know but it was um, yeah it, it did seem a bit a bit frantic I mean like. Uh, Barcelona are. I think was that their first preseason game because their other game got called off, isn't it? Because they they had the same um, they had the same chef who did Tottenham's uh, lasagna a couple of you know in in 06 or wherever it was. Ooh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. They all had they had the two Bob bits, didn't they? So they they didn't play against Juventus. So I think I think last night was their was their first uh, game of preseason because um, I mean, it did look a little bit um, crazy, a little bit thingy. Uh, what did you guys think of the pitch as well? I did the pitch didn't look great. Like it looked like a Sabio. Yeah, yeah. So the the game was. We were. I woke up to watch a game. So I woke up three twenty five just to find the right channel to watch it and all of that stuff. Five minutes early. I ended up waking up about three fifteen before my alarm even went off. 
And I thought, okay, three fifteen. There's no. I saw fake Arsenal team news that had El Nenny and had El Nenny and Eddie and someone else. And I was like, I'm not staying up for this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and then uh, it turns out that Arsenal hadn't even posted the team news because the game's been postponed by half an hour. And I was thinking, okay, maybe it's because the crowd or whatever. Then the journalist started posting. Well, no, it's because the pitch is so bad that Arsenal and Barcelona complained about it. And the, the pitch, right. the, the groundsman started trying to fix the pitch um, before the game could go ahead. Even up to the last minute, they were watering it, trying to pack. It was just ridiculous. And to think that the World Cup's going to be held in some of those stadiums in, in a couple of years, they mm-hmm. really need to sort out their groundsman because I don't know how they thought that was an acceptable. It was like bits of grass just, just thrown on the on the surface, basically. It, it looked like a Sabutio, Matt. It looked like, you know, like when you have to iron the Sabutio thing. It looked like that. It just, it looked, it looked really crap. Um, and it was really noticeable with Saka's pen. Like when he planted his, his standing foot, it did it, say it was really, really no, noticeable then. But um, yeah, I'm, myself, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thought the, um, say the picture no, yeah, of it. It was, it was crazy. The, the, yeah, the managers complained about it, apparently. Got a got a video here because um, Fergus from Guns and Yellow Ribbon says, "Evening all. Thoughts on Man United's rough tackle in a preseason is that ethical?" So if I show you this and then I um, press play on here, you should be able to see this. Hold on, twenty-seven seconds. All right, people, look at that. <laughs> this was um, he did this twice in the beginning of the game. That is for a preseason friendly, and he didn't get booked for either of them. Um, I think that was the turning point in the game for Arsenal when we went, hold on a second, meant to be a pre-season friendly. Oh, it's WrestleMania. Right, mm-hmm. get these gloves off. We're going to show you. And then people started. Ben White took one out and then Party was getting stuck in and uh, quite a few of them played. But that game was ideal. Jorginho did one as well. That was 30. To be fair, our tackles were more like dirty in terms of breaking up play. Their tackles mm. were like flying scissor tackles on, on players. Yeah. There was one on Havertz that was, that I think it was the same player, and then he picked up the ball, and I thought he was going to kick out the referee. He booted the ball straight in the air. That's what, that's eventually what he got put for. It was it was crazy. <laughs> Rich, does this give you hope for the, the season coming up that we managed to smash, to smash Barcelona 5-3? But when you look at their team... Um, they're not the Barcelona of old, are they? Lewandowski, old man, free transfer. Um, uh, Oriol, Romeo, Southampton mm. reject, probably a free transfer. Gundogan, free transfer. Alonso, free transfer. Christensen, free transfer. Some black up, bloke up front. Is as um, he's got three Zs in his name. Never heard of him. Uh, so, so is this a kind of a, a false hope if we think that's it? Champions League is on. Yeah, <laughs> you can't. I mean, even even at the best time, you you can't read massive amounts in, into pre pre season because you know so many pe- so many teams are at are at different stages and, and and want to get different things out of out of the games. You know, um, going going back to what we're saying about the, the fact that this Barcelona team had this was their first game. You know, uh, Man United when we when we played them the other week uh, the other week a couple of days ago. 
uh, they were one game ahead of us as well. And, you know, whereas we wanted to try out, you know, having Havertz and Rice in the team, giving Rice his debut and so his proper start and stuff like that, they were more intent on kicking lumps out of each other. And I don't, I felt that we didn't really respond to that physicality in the same way that we did in the Barcelona game. Um, but no, I mean, you know, it's not a, um, it's not a prime vintage Barcelona team, you know, um, by any stretch of major. I mean, they still they still won the Liga. They're still a Liga champion, so you know they're they're all they're still a really really good side. They're still you know they're still a top side, but they're not not of the vintage of old. But like even though it's you can't really read too much into it. for me anyway. I don't. You guys have different opinions, but you can't really read too much into. Uh, into preseason, just because it's it's all about levels and, and and trying to find different things, and you know you're working out different formations. You know Tommy Yasu on on the left, trying to change that inverted fullback. You you know just little things that you're you're trying to work on and try to get out of the game. It's not about you know that high pressure trying to get those ninety minutes. So you know that's clearly what United were after in that game. They wanted they wanted to win that game at all costs. That's why they were they were closing down like crazy people. They were you know Martinez was fucking kicking, trying to break Saka's leg. Like he, he knew exactly what he was doing. That guy, you know, th- that was what they were. We that's what they wanted to get out of that game. They wanted to win that game at any cost. Where I didn't think that we we did. We we you know we were there. As a preseason fixture, we were there to, let's say, to try different things, to experiment a little bit, and just get minutes and things into the lads. Um, so yeah, you can't. For me, you can't really read too much into it. I don't know about you guys. Oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm. I looked at the uh, Champions League pots yesterday, and I said, now that there's a bit of needle between Barcelona and Arsenal. I'm betting that we're going to draw them in the Champions League groups because they're in pot one, aren't we? And we're in, we're in pot two. Yeah. I've just got. Right, it's either it's either it's either there. Barcelona or Bayern Munich. So Bayern they're the only Munich. teams. Yeah, <laughs> they're the, the teams we draw every year in the fucking Champions League in the in the Champions League. So yeah, we're bound to get one of them. Yeah, exactly. I can see that happening. Well, how do you feel about Saka last night, Femi? It is was it you that put in the group? He has to be considered as one of the world's best players anytime soon, yeah. the next couple of seasons. Because yeah. just last night he could have he could have had four goals in the first half, couldn't he? Yeah, I, I said that yesterday. I said just looking at him, any pitch that you put Bukayo Saka on, he's always the best player. Whether it's for England, whether it's for Arsenal, whether it's against any team you put him against, he's consistently the best player on the pitch. Yesterday, Barcelona didn't know what to do with him. Alonso just just was having a nightmare with him. He was taking him inside, outside, to the cleaners everywhere. He was taking him. And he was putting in crosses. Uh, the, the the penalty was from a cross from him. The goal was a chance he manufactured. There was a, another chance. There was just chances just all the time. And I just thought about it. I just thought he's just 21 and 22 soon. He's just getting better and better and better. And he's so important to us. You know, he's playing nearly 90 minutes now in preseason friendlies even. You know, he, he literally plays every minute for us. It, it does make it difficult to buy a player to to um, back him up because he kind of, if you're trying to bring someone in, they kind of look at his minutes and go, well, he plays so many minutes. How am I ever going to get a chance? You know, so that's a different thing. But it, I, I just said, I think now he needs the Champions League stage. Once he does it on the Champions League stage, 
I'm thinking that people are going to now start saying he's one of the top few players in the world. I, I don't know what anyone thinks. Like, it, it, I think we're just spot because we see him every week. But any stage you put him on for England, he's consistently the best player out on on any game that he plays in two tournaments. He did it at the Euros and the World Cup. You know, if he does it in one more tournament, how many players get to do good player or good performances in three different tournaments? So he's he's just getting there. You know, we got a real gem. He signed a contract. He's here to stay. You know, and that just getting all those contracts signed, Richard. We've uh, got a list new contracts. Um, Havertz, uh, no, they're the ones. Of, so where's Saka on here? Oh, Saliba, twenty-seven. Um, Nelson is twenty-seven. I think Saka. The second sign is norm was up to 27 as well four years as well yeah yeah four years so no one is going anywhere anytime soon how do you feel about him rich being someone who is uh who, who um uh what's the word i'm looking for coaches young people and you're looking for talent in them raw talent what do you see in him that we might um, that might not be obvious yes <laughs> Well, it, it, it's it's not that it's not obvious; it's just abundantly obvious. It's it's willingness and application. Like he he grew, he grew up not not far from from down by my way. Like I'm I'm literally I'm about 250 yards from from Greenford Celtic, where he where he used to play. Um, you know, uh, one of my best friends, his wife was his English teacher at, at Greenford High. Um, you know, from a young age, he was marked out as being exceptional. Didn't he have and, about fourteen of them or something? Yeah, quite possibly. I, I don't know. I don't know the exact. I don't know his, his exact full report card. But I just, I from a, anyone you ever hear about him or speak to him, I said, what a nice, down to earth lad he is, and stuff like that. But I mean, like, you know, he's got a hunger and a willingness to get better and to compete. Like he's no shrieking violet. Like he might be a little bit shy and a little bit quiet and, you know, not the most vocacious when he comes to, you know, interviews and stuff like that. But mate, you get him on a pitch. He, he very rarely gets, gets kicked off. You know, he very rarely gets massively bullied or anything like that. He's, he's up for the fight. He's got that. He's got that, you know, very similar to, you know, a little bit like Dennis Bergkamp, maybe not as, 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 as edgy and maybe, but he's got that hardness that's still, to his game, but I think that you know, like you can see it with, with Bakayo in the sense of you know, like when when he first broke onto the scene and, and you know they're playing him at left wing back, and it, we thought he really might be the standout at left wing back, like that was going to be his position because he was so good at it, and he his application towards learning that role and getting better and applying himself and and. You know, you thought that might that the same might be his position. Now he's moved to another position. He's absolutely, you know, taking the world by storm. Um, yeah, like so. If, if for me, like if, if when I'm coaching, and I, I look at the thing, the, the biggest thing I look for, and the biggest thing that I kind of gravitate and I try to instill in it is the application in the kids, in 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 the willingness to learn and to take it seriously and get better and 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 don't be afraid to fail and and that's one of the things that i see in 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 Bukayo, you know he's he, he doesn't seem overall or scared by any challenge you know uh, it's on my right foot i'll have a shot with my right foot you want to show me down the uh, thing i'll go down here are you going to try and kick me i'm going to i'm going to stand and i'm going to shield and i'm going you're not getting this ball you know, and that 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 for me is his is his biggest his biggest thing. Like you know, he's got all the talent in the world in his feet, 
but he's also got all the right stuff mentally up, up top. Um, Have you seen the, the recent picture of him in training, the way he looks? Oh, he's, a yeah. I'm gonna, he's a beast. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting stronger now as well, yeah. It is. That is, uh, and uh, FK retweeted it the other day. Um, Femi, you just put in the chat that um, uh, Saka has four A stars and three A's. It's not bad, is it? While while playing football. (laughs) (laughs) That's more than me, and all I had to do was study. (laughs) Uh, Give some idea of, of just how, I mean, this is becoming a Saka wonderland. He's 28 games for England, 11 goals, and he's only, is it, what is he, 21? Yeah, he's still only he's 21. 21 Players ever, that he has scored the same number of goals for England, 11. John Barnes, Stanley Matthews, Teddy Sheringham, and uh, players he scored more than. Gascoigne got 10, Joe Cole got 10, uh, Fran, Franny Lee got 10, uh, Peter Beardsley got 9, Ian Wright got 9, Mark Haightley got 9, just a... Uh, Glenn Hoddle got eight. Alan Ball got eight. Walcott only got eight. Daniel Sturridge got eight. Um, trying to get some more. Emil Heskey got seven. Harry Maguire doesn't count. Ashley Young got seven. The Ox got seven. Darren Anderton got seven. Robbie Fowler and Jamie Vardy only got seven each. Chris Waddle only scored six. So for him at 21 to have already scored 11 goals, that is magical. What a player. He just, he just needs to take over penalty duties from Harry Kane now and he'll probably try and catch up. <laughs> the amount of penalties in. <laughs> well, like, like Paul says, Kane only has 11 if you take away his penalties. Paul did ask... A... That's, that can't be true. No, I think he's making There's no that. way that can be true. He's got like 50 goals. <laughs> I, think, I, think he does, I think he does go quite down the list if you take out his pens. He, he does, I think he does drop down the list by quite a margin, I think. But Saka needs to put his penalties away first, doesn't he? He needs to. Is that how is worried that are you guys about that? Actually, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. Um, I was thinking about that. I think it's. I don't mind him missing. It's the not hitting the target thing. Um, I think he's got like one more missing him before I really start doubting him. But was that the pitch? Because Richard was saying how bad the pitch was. Yeah, but hitting it wide though is crazy. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, I just I didn't I didn't like how he started when he, he planted his standing foot. It just it looked all wrong, and that was straight away. I, was like, oh, I don't want to make I'm just going to make excuses for him, but straight away I thought that they said the pitch just looked fucking looked wrong. What other penalty did he miss? Like, apart from obviously like the the, oh, the Euros, the West, did he the miss one? Ham one. <laughs> oh, the yeah. West Ham one. Really, we don't, we don't talk I've, about I, that. I absolutely erased that from my memory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that one went worldwide as well. Now, the, the thing mm. is, the thing that I'm thinking is, is even when he was scoring penalties, I didn't think it was like super confident. These penalties are the type of penalties that you have to send the keeper the wrong way. So he kind of rolls them in, if, if you see what I mean. He doesn't do like a, a Harry Kane and Van Persie where he blasts it into the corner. He, he really rolls them in. So... You, very rare. I mean, the, the yeah. So he scored like six or seven in a row, and it's always quite nervous still, even when he's taking it. Unlike some of those other players that I, that I mentioned. But then I look at our team, and I was I was discussing this today. I was like, who else in the first team that starts is a penalty taker? Shazini, you don't want Gabriel. Well. Yeah, mm. he doesn't start. That's the problem. You don't want yeah. Gabriel Jesus taking penalties because his penalty record is pretty terrible as well. 
it's actually quite bad. He's he's missed like six out of eleven or some silliness like that. Um, you don't want. I mean, Trossard was one that we mentioned, but he's in and out of the team. We said Martinelli, but yeah, he, missed, Martinelli. he missed against Sporting the the penalty shootout against Sporting. He missed that. So he's you're, only you're, ever missed two. I'm just looking at exactly. a transfer market. They scared. He, he scored six. Uh, one against. Um, Man City, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Spurs, and France. And he's missed two, one against West Ham and one for England against um, yeah, whatever yes, the Czech Republic yes, is called now. What, is that Saka? Yeah. So he's only missed two out of his... He missed against Italy. I don't mind to be right. He missed in the penalty shootout against Italy, didn't he? Oh, I so think that's missed, penalty shootout. Yeah. Maybe not in-game penalties. Oh, in-game penalties. Yeah, he's missed one then in-game because he was wasn't a penalty taker before the Euros. It's only when well, he came back he, from the Euros he decided to start stepping up and taking penalties. The one that he missed against um, Czechos, uh, the Czech Republic was in an under-18 tournament. So he's only actually missed <laughs> one um, penalty from open play um, during his um, pro career. So he scored, scored six, missed one. Um, I think he's got a couple more. You know, let's let's keep him on there. Um yeah, let's keep him on there. But yeah, Jorginho is probably a good shout, actually, isn't it? Did it for Chelsea. That's why he's, when we were signing him, I said uh, his stats are misleading because he took all the penalties. I think it was one season. He may have got 10 goals in a season, I think. Um, I'm just going to go down and have a look at that. Um, penalties, Rich, is, uh, is it, should it be, if you get it on target, that's the most we can ask from you. But when people are putting them wide and putting them over, is that unacceptable? Um. Kind of, like you say, the the, the odds of um, like say your 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 percentage of you know of you scoring is is insanely high with it with a penalty, you know, twelve yards. That goal, you don't really appreciate it until you're you're standing in front of it. How massive that that goal actually is. Um, so yeah, it, it's um, you sh- it should be it should be it should be it should be scoring and hit, hitting the target at the very least. I think for me, Saka's misses don't cause me anywhere near as much cause for concern as Ramsdale's inability to seemingly save penalties. Oh, here we, here we go. Oh God. Here we oh go. Go on, man. No, I'm not having a pot. I love Ramsdale. I'm not having a pot. But as I say, yeah. I, I, I don't get nervous about Saka taking a pen. I have zero. I just say, David Seaman is, is doing goalkeeper training, supposedly, at, the, at, at Colney. He needs to have a little a whisper in in old Aaron's ears and and tell him the secret sauce about about saving them pens because I just I don't I I let's say he just he never looks like he's gonna like you know say like I, I was always confident that Jens would save a penalty I was always always confident that um, that David Seaman would save it even Almunia but um, yeah I just let's say as soon as um, Ramsdale uh, 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 there's a penalty against Ramsdale I have zero confidence that he's gonna He's got a figure. But yeah, I wasn't trying to have a, have a pop at, uh, no, at, no, at, so. at Did Ramsdale. Did you watch the shootout against Manchester United? No, my yeah. screen stopped. Seriously, he might as well not have been in goal. He, he <laughs> might as well just not have been in goal. There were two penalties that he literally just didn't even bother. He didn't even dive. He didn't. He just basically turned around, basically, and said, just just have the goal. It, it was, he just, he need, and he needs that practice. I wonder what, if he saves them in training, but he doesn't even come close to them. He doesn't even go the right way nothing he, 
Mm. I, I don't get it. I, I've been trying to work out. Like, is that what, something you learn with age, though? Is it? I don't know, because... You, you, I mean, I mean, looking at his career, he has played 204 club games in his career. So, but it's not exactly I, I, that he, he's not played much. Well, look at Petr Cech. Petr Cech played for 40 years, and I don't mm. think he, he have got any better at saving penalties. No. Yeah, he was terrible. I thought I, I didn't think I could see worse than him, but I do think that Ramsdale might be worse than Peter Cech. I remember when Peter Cech saved his first penalty for Arsenal. It was like the biggest chair in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> it was a maybe it was because it was it was against Troy Deeney as well. <laughs> yeah. what, what would you say, Paul asks um, Rich? He says, from a top quality penalty taker, what would be your acceptable miss rate? Something like one in ten? I think maybe two in ten is fair. No. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. No, no, no I just just say, that, yeah. <laughs> two in what ten. Should be ten out of ten, Femi. No, not ten out of ten, but no, maybe one in twenty for a top quality. For Who an does average that? penalty. That's Apart like, from Matt Ivan Tony's and, and players like this, like they they regularly rattle penalties in. I mean, he's he scored like fourteen in a row before. Yeah, he but he's, he's usually like got that. money riding on it, so he has to make sure he scores. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, should, should, should we say one in fifteen? Call it, call it like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for a top quality, if you're saying top quality, if you start missing one in ten, you know that's. I guess maybe that's acceptable. Maybe I don't know if you're talking about, but then it, it, I guess penalties always depends when you miss it, doesn't it? It, it could be a key game that you miss a, a penalty, you know, and that could cost you so much more than just you know. Saka probably missed one in six, one in seven, and that West Ham one is, is ended up being quite costly in the end. So it, I guess it depends. Hmm. So, um, are we worried, yes or no, are we worried about Saka taking penalties, Femi, then, then Richard? He's got a couple more for me. He's still got a couple more before I start getting really worried. I'm not worried. I, I, I don't get, I don't get the, the, the fear when he steps up with the ball in his hand and he steps up to the spot. So, yeah, so I'm, 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 I'm cool with, with Bukai still taking penalties. Good. Um, so uh, the other games, there's no really point talking about the Man United. I don't think nobody wants to talk about a loss. I think we were the better team for most of the most of the first half. We didn't take our chances. They got stats here. No, they've got no stats about the game. Um, Femi, have you had any? Do you know, do you know what? I could. Could we? Could we quickly touch on um, the second half? Emil Smith Rowe. I thought he was brilliant when he came. Oh, last night he was playing yeah, in I, a kind I, of central midfield role, wasn't he? Yeah. So he took over from Havertz in the left eight role. And I thought he just was so good that he his presence was just so much more felt than has um, than Havertz. Um, I mean, Havertz scored a goal. Um, he had a couple of good passes, but when we're pressing in the second half with Emil Smith Rowe, and then if you notice in the second half, that's when Trossard came in the game more because he had someone linking him to the game more. You know, and I thought I thought it was really, really impressive when he came on. And I, I really, really want him to do well. Like he's just he's one of my mm. favorite players at Arsenal so much. Yeah. And I'm I'm just I really want him to do well this season. He looked super sharp when he came on in in the United game as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes, um, he looks very, very good. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I echo I echo what you know. Like I said, I really I, I don't think there's a player. I think the more that I'm pulling for than 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 um, than ESR. Just say he's come up from come up through the academy kind of thing. You can see the talent that he's got, and you know when he when he burst onto the in, in, onto the scene in that Chelsea game, and, and almost you know pretty much only turned our season around. And he just he's been so unlucky with injuries and and stuff like that. You're hoping that it's all behind him, but I'm I'm glad I was like I didn't get to see the second half, so I'm glad you um, you, you pointed that out. It was, brilliant. 40... it was brilliant. And um, yeah, come on. Yeah, come on. I thought, um, yeah, no, he was really good. And uh, like I said, he really brought Trossard in the game a lot. And Trossard was just, second half was just magnificent. <laughs> you know, he's, he's quietly effective for us, isn't he, that guy? He is. He's um, Smith Rowe. I always thought he was about five foot ten, but it's according to Wikipedia, he's six foot tall. But it looks like he's grown a couple of inches and put on about a stone of muscle, doesn't he? And the way he was spanking those bold balls from the centre of midfield, Almost reminded me of kind of Bergkam Esque, where he wasn't afraid to have a pot shot from nowhere and stung the goalkeeper's hands a couple of times. He's, uh, and he's he's looking all bronzed and muscly. He looks like he's ready for the season. He's out there to make. And last night, like you were saying, he definitely was out there to try and prove a point, and I think he did it. So, uh, uh, Rich, do you think that's going to give um, Arteta a bit of a headache in come the season? Because we, how many players have we now got that can play in those two eight positions? Well, I hope it gives him a you know a massive headache. Um, that's, that's what we want. We want we we, we want selection um, difficulties for for Mikel. You know what we don't want, and it's one of the things that kind of you know it is a slight criticism of Mikel is, is is him kind of sticking to that first eleven, his trusted eleven, and and not not making changes, not rotating the squad, not having the confidence um, in those in those fringe players and. You know, if if Smith Rowe is like I said, if 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 his cameo against Barcelona was was you know better and a step up from his cameo against against Man United, I'm 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 very pleased and happy because like I said I, he's he you didn't want him to say uh, filing away and 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 kind of ebbing away because I mean, you wanted him to to fight for that shirt and fight for his place and 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 improve. You know, you've you've got you if he can bring in those link ups with Trossard, you know, you've you've also got Fabio Vieira, who I think is now I think more nailing down a position, I think. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, as kind of Erdegaard's understudy rather than going all over the place and that and trying to be a left eight or something like that. You know if 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 you've got that, you know, that Smith Rowe in that left eight as as a, a, a ball progressor with the ball is in, you know, someone who, who get the ball and carry the ball and, you know, play one twos and then run beyond the defender rather than a, a, a more of a tippy tappy touch player kind of thing. And we have different options because, you know, like that's one of the things that comes to start. You need to be able to, to change up your game plan. You need to be able to, you know, if, if a team is sitting back and, and defending and sitting deep and trying to chop your legs and, you know, a, a, a pressing down and, and, and forcing your passes into areas that you don't want to go, you need to be able to come up with that plan B, that plan C, a different type of player to 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 get people thinking, to pull people out of positions and and change their 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 thought process and put jeopardy and doubt into the opposition. And I think, you know, we, we've got players that can do that and we've got players who can offer different things and the squad seems to be progressing and growing. 
you know, I, I feel so bad for for Reese Nelson again getting injured at a, 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 a wrong a wrong time because he was another one who who was you know starting to put his hand up and 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 showing that he could be that different player that plays slightly different and offers us a, a little bit something different than, than what the players we've, we've had on the pitch. Very true. Um, one final thing, if you two want to have a little think, if there's anything else you want to mention about the, the Barcelona game, um, anybody recognise any of these cheeky monkeys in the, in the middle of this picture, high-fiving each other? Anyone, can you recognise them? I not recognise one. What, who else you got there? Right in the middle, you got in the the yellow shirt, Magic Mike, and the other yep. one is Mike Hurt, oh. the fake Mexican. Oh. <laughs> we got we got a little. Whenever we talk about Mister Hurts, we are obliged to change it to the Mexican flag because he's a fake Mexican. Everyone knows that. Just like me, he's a Guatemalan. So uh, yeah, lovely to see. I messaged Mike and said, "I've just seen you." And then someone else obviously did it as well. And it's low. It's really, I think it's really nice the way the, um, the, the the company doing the filming made an extra effort to go and sh regularly show people in the crowd because the crowd were absolutely fantastic last night. And all the um, all the people wearing the shirts and the joining in and so many old shirts. I saw the, the yellow one with the blue three diagonal Adidas stripes. I saw quite a few of those in there, but... And they saw loads of the green kit, which is which is bloody the the third kit, which is bloody awful. But um, have you got anything else? I really, I love that. The third, third kit. kit. Yeah, it's not out yet. Okay. How did they get that? That. Oh, that's oh, the, yes, the, the second kit. Second kit. <laughs> that's oh, the you thought kit. I meant this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I want, I want this one actually. Would you, I want would you wear one. this? <laughs> not that one. <laughs> There's only no. one person we know that would wear that. And we'll put it in uh, the yeah. right corner. <laughs> if you look at him smiling at it, yeah, <laughs> he's uh, um uh, that kit is it's grown on me slightly from like, from like you know like the early yeah like yeah like, like like um it's grown on me slightly like in in the um you know like when you when you first got the reveals and you know like the the either the cheap cheap knockoff ones or like you know that unflattened someone taking a quick picture kind of thing. And with the ad campaign and seeing the players in it and play, it's grown on me a little bit. I still don't like it. Um, I think did, did one of you guys put in the group something about it? It's it, you know that could potentially be like the blue bruised banana in like twenty years time. You know, it's, it's a disgusting shirt that is now a cult classic. Because I, I say it might be it's a unpopular opinion now, but like, I hated the bruised banana. But I wonder how much if it's going to be the lowest selling kit that Adidas have done in this this run of kits that they've done. Oh, no, we'll never get the stats. But I wonder if then also what I, I I really want to know like are we always going to go to America now every year? Do you think that's the plan? Because they're saying twenty percent of our merchandise and shirt sales is from America now. So do you think the plan is just uh, forget about Asia and all all the those tours that we used to do and just just stick to America? What what do you guys think about that? Because it, I mean, Americans are treating us really well, and obviously our owners are from America yeah. as well. So it's a tough one, isn't it? Um, I like the fact that I, I feel that Americans are the same as us, aren't they? They're like us and Australians and uh, the Kiwis and the Canadians. We're all, we're all much of a muchness whenever they stole other people's countries and now, now we all live there. Now, now they all live there. So uh, 
it is good and they really get into it but i think you can't ignore the the african market the southeast asian market because there's so many people there that are just as frenetic about supporting the arsenal we've got a japanese one of the best japanese players national players in the squad at the moment but how many premier league teams do you know that have ever had three um usa internationals at the club at the same time trusty and um the goalkeeper who's uh turner, turner. and uh, balligan i mean i know fulham have regularly got a, quite a few american players i mean but the fact that we've got three american players in our squad not first team that will probably soon go down to two i think that does make a bit a big difference but I, I like them going over there but it's such a huge country and there's so many demographics of um of people over there um the, the, the uh and you can go to mexico and play some games because football in mexico is m massive and football you've got football in canada which is kind of big big rich what, what, what was it? Was that a question? <laughs> yeah, what do you think? Think, <laughs> question. Um, uh, yeah, I, I well, like I said, because of that connection, like I said, with, with the Cronkies and stuff like that, it just and you have just got that vast array of untapped uh resource and 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 market today, it would make sense to to very you know, I, I think I think maybe Man United and and, and Liverpool have, have are not as I think entrenched in in the American market than than maybe they are in let's say Southeast Asia Asia and and stuff like that. So I think it's this is a little bit more open for us. You know, you, you'd say you've you've got that that revenue, and if we can you know strike up deals and and let's say with the, with these tours and sponsorships and you know maybe get some of their their stuff coming the other way. Uh, you know, to the Emirates and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I, I think that's the way that it's going to go. Like I say, it's, you can just see by the <clears throat> the amount of people that you know that have, that have gone on tour there, the amount of fans that we're packing out in the in the in the bars, in the you know the, the tailgate parties and stuff like yeah, that. And really, yeah, even you know even the stuff that you know that um, Blog and, and the Arsenal Vision lot we're, we're doing out there, their things are getting all all packed out. And I I I, I don't know if you get the same level of interest and scope and uh, eyeballs on the product if, if you will I say went over to, to Asia and stuff like that just because I think Liverpool and Man United have got especially Man United have got such a stronghold on that on that demographic whereas I said especially as as, as it's growing as, as the standard of the MLS MLS is getting better and stuff like that and you know Americans are, 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 are you know wising up to to, to football um, I think it's just it's an untapped market that I think we we're, we're ripe in the position to take advantage of. So why wouldn't you go there? And I, I think we are going to be going there for the for the foreseeable future. Well, there you go then. Um, yeah, Paul asked earlier, um, what, um, uh, why haven't the Saudis tried to buy a Bergkamp Wonderland? I put in the group, maybe we should all pick a Saudi team and then we should do a Saudi podcast and Chris told me to fuck off. So, uh, <laughs> I would, uh, you know, what? I would like to ask the chat something with yeah. all this Saudi stuff going on. If, let's say, on a day like this, but in in November and it's cold, windy, rainy, and you've got Sky Sports are offering you an option of Burnley versus Brentford, or you can watch a match in Saudi involving all these star players. <laughs> What's everyone going to choose at the moment? 
it's getting it's getting to that level, isn't it? Where people are just all these star players are going there, and it's, it's creating this fantasy league that's just weird, isn't it? But it's, I really wonder yeah. when they get a TV deal, it's going to really change the landscape, isn't it? But it's it's the, the level of football from the average Saudi league player is conference or conference South football. You see videos of Ronaldo running along and people trying to hack him down. You are risking your health in your career and your long-term health by going there and play. It's like an FA Cup third-round tie, everyone, where you've got Arsenal or Man United or Chelsea playing against uh, um, I don't know, Yeovil Town or, or, um, or Russian anymore. Yeah, so some rubbish team like that. Have you seen some of the stuff, Rich? Because it's ridiculous how how much they are getting kicked and how poor the quality of the rest of the team is. I mean, they're allowed eight foreign players per team. I've 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 not. I'd be lying if I if I said that I'd seen anything. I I saw I saw an article something uh, um they were talking about the Jordan Henderson move. And they were saying about like, you know, like the, the the average attendances at the games and stuff like that is like lower than League One. Um, oh, yeah. I, say, a, I don't, don't want to be too yeah. dismissive. The, the attendance of the club, the, uh, don't you dare, you stay there. I've got sausages. No, they've got sausages. <laughs> just giving me the eye. <laughs> um, th- I think the tweet said something like oh, that. I, did, I didn't think my, my comment was that controversial, but I'm sorry, Dan. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the team, the Stephen Gerrard's team that the Henderson has gone and signed for, their average league attendance is less than 18 of the current last season's League One teams. Yes, yeah, it says, it says I, all I keep, in. I keep saying to everyone, the ultimate goal is... For Saudi to number one, get a, t- a strong TV deal across different places in the world. That's one. Number two, I would not be surprised if the Super League idea came back up, but with these teams that are being stacked full of star players, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And that's when FIFA and UEFA are going to be trying to get involved again. I- I- I'll give it four or five years and if we think that it's not possible just go and look at what happened in golf just yeah. go and look at the, the way that everything that happened in golf and listen to Roy, Rory McIlroy what he said at the time where he just said he just put his hands up and said well I, I tried but it, it is what it is and that's yes. eventually what's going to happen in football because there's no way that they're stacking teams full of star players either they're going to try and force it and expand the Champions League or a Super League idea is going to come up again? I don't think it's either. I think it's simply I read they have a lot they bought the top top four teams in in the Saudi Pro League they've allocated 20 billion for these teams and to get the World Cup after the USA or the one after that. That's the only aim. They pulled out of the World Cup bid. They pulled out of the World Cup bid. So that's did, not even... The, uh, when did they do that? That's what I thought was the aim. That because they know that Spain, Ukraine and Morocco or whatever are going to get it. So they've pulled out of that bid. So I thought the ultimate goal was to get the World Cup as well. But I think the goal is to create a bigger league. Is it? I, I, I don't think it is. I don't think they have any ambitions to join UEFA, join FIFA. I know like you've got um, Israeli teams that... That are part of um, uh, UEFA, and you've got the right-hand side of Turkey, which is Asia, 
the, the right-hand side of the Vosphorus. I think that's Asia, so they could be classified as Asian teams, but they're in UEFA. So I don't think they're going to stretch it all the way down to Saudi. I just think it's nothing short of a Vanny project. And then it's interesting that the team, that the company that owns those four teams, PIF, the top four teams in Saudi, don't they own 15% of Newcastle? And then someone suggested not, that... They're a majority shareholder of Newcastle. Mm. Are they? Or maybe, they maybe own it's... most of them. Yeah, they own about 75%. No, maybe I've got that's the Stavely and, and a few of those other people. They own the smaller percent of it. I mean, when you look at the, the Mbappe deal, when £750 million pound for a season and then you're on a free transfer plus a three hundred and a three hundred million transfer fee to PSG, but then you can go. I mean, what, what's going to happen there? That was crazy. I, I didn't. That was just for if it's that for one year. Oh Jesus! Right. You crazy. Can, it was so crazy. I wanted it to happen. I just wanted to <laughs> see what would happen. <laughs> I, I always thought it was going to be that uh, like he, he wouldn't do that just because. But like, isn't isn't the Euros next year? And we got and we got the, the Euros next year. So like, if he went there for one year, playing in, let's be honest. I know like a few clubs have, have bought like a few uh, a few players, but the rest of the league is pretty basic and stuff like that. And you know, he's going to literally, yes, he's going to be making like what was it to support seven hundred million a year, but he's, he's going to be like a fallow year for him and then he's going to have to go into Euros with, with France. Well, then the problem is PSG are threatening, they're threatening, I keep saying threatening, <laughs> to not play him for the whole season, <laughs> which I'd love to see. I, I just want to see this happen. I want to see who's going to blink first because this, this is actually the funniest football story I think I've seen in a long... I think this is like the Bosman of football where the state of Qatar is taking on one single player who's yeah. the best player in the world. They're basically telling him, you do what we're telling you to do, which is you sign this long-term deal for this much money or you leave. And he's saying, well, no, I'm not going to leave because my contract runs out in a year and I've pretty much decided where I'm going anyway. I, I want to see what happened. I, I really want to see what happened. I, I, don't you just love it? Because all of this, they all deserve this for what happens with all the stupid money that they were throwing around. I think they all deserve what's happening. And I'd love him to, to take it to the end because when he wanted to leave last summer and they begged him to stay, they got the French president involved. They, it's it just, I, I just thought this is all ridiculous. And him himself, he got pressured into staying, but then, he only signed a two-year contract, so you knew that he didn't want to stay because it's ridiculous. He signed a two-year contract for unbelievable money. I think he's on that half a million or more a year, plus he's got bonuses and he's got loyalty bonuses involved as well, where apparently if he stays another couple of weeks, they owe him another 60 million for him to leave if they want to try and kick him out anyway. So who, when they were playing around with all these money and forcing players to stay against their will, did they not think, oh, this could backfire on us? So now everyone can, everyone, all this rubbish that's been happening, everyone can have their cake and just let's see what, let's see who wins this battle. Let's see who wins it. Um, uh, Phil finished off the point I was making about the ownership of those four clubs in Newcastle. I wonder if the Mbappe deal would see him ultimately on loan to Newcastle for the season. 
But so you, yeah, but you can't. I mean, it, you can't force players to do what they don't want to do. To at the end of the day, unless well, got, if there's infinite money, or, unless you've got point, zero morals. <laughs> You'll be in there. Um, Nikki says in the chat, Femi beat up Britney Spears in Vegas. We've already covered that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael says, PSG can bench him. The pressure in France will be insane. Chirobi says, Mbappe supports quite, quiet quitting. Ah. Um, uh, I mean, well, Betty, I mean, well, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's just, it's just a bit weird because... Mbappe, if you look at his image now, it's this greedy young player. Like clubs have a way of tarnishing players' reputations, and if you don't, I mean, I, I mean, look him. at look at Barcelona. <laughs> what weren't they? Um, their players like Messi and that weren't they? Didn't they call out and do some private investigation where they found out that the club were hiring people on social media to tarnish their reputation and their name? Like, if you don't believe that these things are happening, of course they are. The fans are turning on Mbappe because the club are telling them, okay, well, this is what he's doing all the time. But it is what it is, man. Like, everyone, if if there's this much money, eventually, you know, it is, this, this is going to happen, isn't it? I've got a, uh, a little thing here just to bore people. I've just been keeping my own details of some of the money that people have been earning. Kubalai... Is 32, 481 grand a week. Ruben Neves, 270 grand a week. Um, Sergio Milinic Savic, 384 grand a week. Malcolm, the famous uh, Malcolm that Chris said is definitely coming to Arsenal. He's just left Zenit to go to uh, Al Hilal for 52 million. Um, I don't know how much his wages are on. Ronaldo, 3.8 million pound a week. David Espina, 67 grand a week, but he went there on a free transfer a while ago. Brozovic, 480. Fofana, 288. Alex Tellez, 135. Firmino, 423. Mares, £8.26. No, 826,000. <laughs> 826,000. Jota's on 288 grand a week. And Kante is uh, 1.9 million. Benzema, £3.8 million a week. And Rodrigo, Jeez. 200k. Jordan Henderson, 700 grand a week. I mean, and all the ones in black down the bottom are the ones that I've just kept an eye on because uh, they have been rumoured. Like Alan St. Maximan going there for thirty million. He's not. He scored one goal last season. Party. Can some? Can can they not? Can they not buy? Do they? None, none of them need a right back. A nice, good-looking right back, or you know, like a a nice pacey left winger. Can they not come and buy Cedric and Pepe? You think so? With the amount of money, I mean, they're full internationals, and mm. I mean, do we? Before we, I want to talk about Pepe and Party, see what's going to happen with them. But Fem, got anything to say and Rich about those wages and Jordan Henderson and the amount of money there? Well, three point eight million pound a week. Yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> we thought you were doing all right. Fem is our very own Saudi prince. It puts your TMZ money to shame, doesn't it? <laughs> he'd, he'd be able to yeah, get two, he'd be able to get two conservatives money. for that money. Come on, plant money, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. I, I couldn't believe Jordan Henderson was getting seven hundred k a week. That's more than, more than any Premier League player. He's he's rubbish. <laughs> Speaking of Jordan Henderson, well, did the, you see his unveiling video? What did he change? 
Yeah, <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. If you've not seen it, so they they've done, they've done the video. Um, you know the the unveiling video. You know it's like a little clip montage of pictures of him and little short videos, and like some of the pictures are, are, are colours, some some of them are black and white, but all the ones where he's he's wearing a pride mm. captain's armband, yeah. that little bit, every one of them is black, uh, is is greyed out, like it's all completely big. So like already, like it, they've 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 started with that. Yeah. True. Uh, do you think that the fact that Liverpool have lost Firmino, they're going to lose um, Fabinho, they've lost Henderson. Do you think planned and with Man City losing Mares and they might be losing Walker and they've lost Gundogan, we haven't lost any of our stars. You think that's going to help us next season? Mm, I don't know because Arteta was complaining yesterday, wasn't he, that the squad's too big. He said, I can't work with this many players, which I've never, I haven't heard him say since the first summer he came. So I don't really know why you were saying that because that kind of weakens our position when we're trying to sell players as well because people know that we're desperate to get rid of players. But we've got to do a quick two weeks of just whittling down the squad. And like you said, there's a few players there that you can just rattle off that will just go on loan quickly. But we do need to raise some money because we spent quite a lot of money this summer. And I'm not an accountant or anything, but we can't keep spending without bringing in any transfer fees which that's the next big step for ed isn't it is how do i raise money how do i bring in big fees because that's one thing he hasn't been able to do since he's been at arsenal i mean to be fair we've always been in a weak position for sales because we've been shite um you know this is true like finishing fucking eighth and and and, you know fifth, fifth and that we've now we're in, you know, we're in a much better position to, I think, to, to sell and, and and recoup some players. But I'm surprised. I'm surprised nothing's <clears throat> happened already. Excuse me. Um, you know, like let's say with the likes of Cedric, with the likes of Pepe, um, even even Big Bob Holding, um, or you know, Trusty going on on, you know, if they're going to loan him or sell him and and stuff like that. You know, um, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure that Balogun's going to be going to be off soon as well, considering considering he's you know the United States number nine. How little he played and featured. Yeah, um, he's training on his own as well, all. wasn't he? Yeah, I didn't know if that was an injury thing. A, or... He said he had a foot injury. <laughs> Whether it was a, a, a like an Arsene Wenger type foot injury or an actual foot injury, we'll never know. And Declan Rice actually uh, took. A, got a knock as well in training uh, which was another thing Arteta mentioned he said he got a, a kick in the calf and they didn't want to take any risks which I really hope is not uh, Zinchenko type calf mate that guy hasn't missed a game for about four years or so like that playing for West Ham playing 90 minutes every single thing he joins the Arsenal he's got a muscle injury or like you know you can't make it up yeah, and Zinchenko is the missing man who he's. I, I'll send someone the other day. If in football terms, Zinchenko stopped playing before the end of last season, I don't even remember. They got that thing from David Hornstein, and people were arguing he is fit, he isn't fit, blah, blah, blah. blah. And it turns out he missed the rest of the season. So that was in about April, I want to say. He played 27 May. league games. Yeah, beginning of May, maybe. And we're entering August and he's not played. That's basically three months 
he's been out injured. And we haven't even blinked an eye. Like, that's that's a three-month injury, you know, through the holidays and everything. And I really wonder what is going on with Zinchenko. He had this calf injury for pretty much the majority of last season. Hmm. They sometimes they t- I, 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 if you want to put a disclaimer I'm in no way comparing me to, to any professional athlete I got I injured my calf last year it took it took about seven months seven eight months for it to properly hit like and we we've doing like proper you know all right NHS but like proper physio and everything it took so long it's such a tricky horrible injury to 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 get over kind of thing especially you know that's part of your job you're putting stress in and 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 power and fatigue and you know uh, stress through that muscle all the time so i have my sympathy um for him but let's like, say again again it's the curse of arsenal isn't it like so we we get a, we get a player who's played loads of loads of minutes soon as he joins us bang there's the curse of the injury just yeah. looking at these injuries here it says uh um, the 14th of April, unknown injury, out for three days, and the 7th of May, like you were saying, Femi, disrupted calf muscle. 81 days. 81 days. Wow. <laughs> that is... Uh, and I'm sure yeah. he, had, he had one, he had a few niggly cough at the beginning of last season, because uh, Tierney was playing quite a bit, wasn't he, at the beginning of last season as well. Um. About party, where are we, where are we on party at the moment? Has he he hasn't really played much? I know he started the game last night, but um, where do we feel about his position in the team, and where do we feel his position at the club? Because I showed you these two things. We've got two formations, I think, that have been taking shape. For those at home on the bus having a wee and take the dog for a walk, we've got the usual back five with White and Zinchenko as fullbacks, Rice in the DM. Havertz and Erdegaard in the middle, and then we know the front three. Or is it going to be Party in the DM, Rice in the central midfield next to Erdegaard, and Havertz up front at times? Because we did see quite a lot in the preseason friendlies that where last season it had been Erdegaard would make the, the runs forward into the box to, to do the creative stuff. He's now staying a little bit deeper or staying more in central midfield, and Havertz is the one making those forward runs. Not to much effect, but Rich, what do you think about that? And with the party situation, I I'm a, 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 a I'm a massive party fan of 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 the ability that guy has on the pitch. Um, you know, he's when he's not right, he really doesn't look right, and it's it's really it really noticeable because that's how good that guy is for most of the most of the, the season when he's playing for us that guy he's, he's a one-man midfield almost like, you know he's playing in that 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 you know that dm's in, and he, he's, he's kind of got that all on his all on his own you know you know showing shapes showing um uh, thing, letting the ball run across his his his, his body and stuff like that you know he's he's so integral to, to what we do we we miss him so badly when Inevitably, unfortunately, when he plays too much, his body kind of breaks down on him. Um, I I would be loath to sell him, um, just because you know you're 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 taking you know three parts of quite frankly the best midfield in the Premier League last season, you know, right up there with Man, Man City, 
and you're replacing both of them in in one transfer window. Um, and you know, yes, Declan Rice is a fantastic player. You know, bought for a lot of money, but you know, I I, di- I didn't watch a, a lot of West Ham last season, but I'm I'm fairly certain he didn't play that position on his own, like how party would, would do. So, you know, there's a lot of integration that he needs to do. So and, unless you've got like a, a, another replacement, because, you know, you, I, I think, I, I think party is, is too big a, a, a loss to make personally. Now, he, he, how old is he? He's what is he? Is he 30 now? Um, party. He's 31. You know, if a, if a, if a big sizable chunk offer come in from the, for like say from the Saudi league and stuff like that, you see that, you know, Danny, you've just shown that the amount of money that they're throwing around, you know, you, you probably take it, uh, you probably take it just because, you know, you're not anywhere else. You're not really going to get that resale value and you're not going to recoup any of the money that we spent on him back. But, you know, I, I think he's, he's so important to how we play. Um, in June. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. So was it? I'm not getting into the thirty until thirty-one thing, but <laughs> But um, you know, he's he's so integral to how we progress that ball, you know, and how we move them chains through the middle middle of the park and and allow the other guys, you know, to do their jobs for, for Erdegaard to do his job for, you know, for, uh, you know, how is Jacques or now is, is with, with, with Havertz. I'm, I'm, I'm still as a player, I'm, I'm still a big, big, big fan of, of, of Thomas party. I, and I think with Declan Rice in, in that position with his athleticism, his dynamism and energy and his, you know, ability to snuff out and intercept and stuff like that, you know, and he can learn and, and train off party and get even better. And it, I think it will also end the ultimate reliance on part of us on party. And then we can start to wean ourselves off that necessity to have party and only party in that, um, at, at the base of that midfield. But me, me personally, unless a less a, a stonking offer come in, I wouldn't get rid of him just yet. I don't know about you guys. No, 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 no point. I mean, I saw his performance yesterday, and the way he links play is ridiculous. Um, he, he, he's the one that sets the sacker movement off. So as soon as he gets the ball, bang, he's always looking, especially to that right side. Now, one thing that I will say is I'd love to see De- Declan Rice has to learn that role. Number, It took Party a while to learn that role because I remember there was a few games that he did play that lone six role where he was just, the whole, everything was just pitiful, to be honest with you. I remember the Villarreal game that one season where it was nil-nil. It was like the worst nil-nil ever when we were trying to score a goal. <clears throat> that was terrible. And one that helped him on yesterday was uh, Timber playing on the left side rather than the right side. So I think against West, uh, against Man United, Timber played on the right and it didn't really help Declan Rice a lot because he didn't really have a lot of support in the middle. But I don't know. I, it's the weird transfer that we've made this summer. It for me is Havertz because I didn't see that one coming anywhere. The reason why I say that is because I actually thought, okay, Jack is leaving. Rice is going to come in and replace Jacquard. That That's always what I thought was going to happen. 
And then by spending so much on on Kai Havertz, he kind of that kind of money is a starter money, especially in, at Arsenal. It's not a player that it's not like Calvin Phillips at Man City who they pay fifty million for and they just sit him on the bench. If we're paying sixty million for a player, that's starter money. Mm. So that means that means one of party and I mean if you're playing hundred million for Rice, he's starting as well. So but to be fair, we can't complain because we've been complaining that we don't have enough backup, enough squad depth for so long now, enough quality squad depth that I, I just think it, it's fine. It, let's just go with it, let's make it work. Um we've got a lot of games. I, I you know, I looking at our squad yesterday against Barcelona, I, I don't see why we can't go deep into the Champions League if we manage the squad properly this time round. Because yep. Hmm. Because the, the, I mean, we, we haven't been in Europe for a while, granted. But if you look at the squads against the teams that we're playing, like we've most Premier League teams, the top six, top seven, they're they're as good, if not better, than most of these European teams now. Anyway, like squad wise, money wise, the money we pay for players, the wages we pay for players, we shouldn't really feel like we're inferior to any of these teams when we when we rock off in the Champions League. Um, obviously, our record in Europe has been pretty terrible on Arteta, but that's that's what the squad is there for now. So we just have to trim the squad correctly, get rid of the Marquinhoses, the... Who else is there? I don't want to... Tavares. <laughs> of them. Tavares. All the, all the, 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 I don't even... I sent you the list that went to America. I think that was the 30 that he was talking about. I don't even think he's mentioned the Tavares is the Pepe's as part of that thirty. So how many players do we have in our squad, or is that are they part of? The, maybe they are part of the thirty. Probably got seven at home, maybe sitting there doing nothing. You've got the what's his name, the American guy that he just spoke about, Trusty. You've got so many players that you've got to decide what to do with all these players. So, but once you squeeze that squad down, if you've got twenty players that you absolutely trust rotate them correctly this time, not burn them out before February, March. And I think, why not? Why not? Why not? I, th- I think also that the rotation is key, as in small rotations for me is, is key, rather than, and I think that was one, one of the issues with with the Europa League thing, where we was, we was making too many wholesale changes. I, I think it's, you know... It's your ones, your twos. That's all it needs needs tweaking. You know, uh, one player needs to, you know, you, so that everyone doesn't get run around. But you don't just for the one Champions League game, you're changing seven players, <clears throat> and you know, I, I think it's, it's small little tweaks that that you need to do rather than, let's like say, wholesale changes for me. You know what? I'm going to agree with you so much on that, and that's such a pet hate of mine. Arsene Wenger and Mikel Arteta, Emery, whoever, we're in the Europa League for so long, what, six years probably? All of them rotated massively in the Europa League. And guess what? It made no difference to our league form. It it literally, I think we play better when we rotate less, when we have that rhythm. Last season, when we're playing Europa League, Premier League, Europa League, Thursday night, Sunday, we were absolutely ticking over. We were just doing it. And you notice the Europa League teams were stronger at that stage as well. So we're just ticking over. We'd play Thursday night, Sunday. We'd go to Fulham and first half would absolutely spank them. But then when we came out of the Europa League, we kind of lost that rhythm as well. When we're playing once a week. I think some teams are better 
playing every two, three days. And I think that might actually help us. I was um, looking at the Champions League things, like you were saying, Femi. Pot one, ignore Man City. Sevilla, we beat them. Barcelona, we've beaten them. Napoli, well, they've got rid of their manager. And if they manage to hold on to the bloke who scored all the goals up front, then they're a decent team. Bayern Munich, well, you know, they're struggling. PSG, no Neymar, no maybe no Mbappe, and uh, I mean no Messi and maybe no Mbappe. Well, they've only got three decent players. Benfica, rubbish. Feyenoord, rubbish. That's all the pot one. Pot two, Real Madrid, <laughs> they're half decent. Inter Milan, rubbish. Borussia Dortmund, rubbish. Atletico Madrid, well they're pretty good. Red Bull, rubbish. Porto, rubbish. There you go. There's no hard. There's only about two or three. Do you know where the Champions League final is this year? Wembley. <laughs> Wembley. Are you here, here first? We're going to the Champions League final, people. We're playing Man City in the final. I won't be watching. <laughs> Femi's going to be in the TMZ box at Wembley. He's got, he's got it all sorted and ready. Um, you, you, knew so, that, you knew the answer to that question too quick, Femi. You've got, I say, you've got that, you've got that box in. <laughs> He's tapped Jeff Arsenal up for tickets already. Um, well, have people got any questions for us? Cause we've been going an hour and a quarter. We're going to do maybe another 10, 15 minutes. I think I've got most of the stuff out that we wanted to talk about. There's a player, one more player we've been linked with, Mohamed Kudos. Okay, Kudos, I keep thinking of that game, the racing game. What was it? Um, Gotham. Oh, uh, talking of games, uh, Steph sent us a picture of his nephew. I said, yeah, I said, do you want us to show it? So there's Steph still be in the chat. And that's his nephew. All wear dressed in the, the, the new Arsenal kit. So there you go. Maybe a future listener. Poor kid. Um, yeah. Anybody know anything about this kudos bloke? Because I certainly don't. He's uh, 22 years old. He's from Ghana. Attacking midfielder. Right winger. We've been saying for ages that we need someone to cover on the right-hand side for, for Saka when he can't play. Five foot nine, shirt number 20. He started his career um, playing in Ghana and then he went to Norgeland in uh, Norway or Denmark. Uh, Denmark. He was there for two years and then he joined Ajax in 2020. Last season, all competitions, 18 goals in 42. Season before that, he got one in 20. And the season before that, he got four in 22. And for Ghana, seven goals in 24 games. Any, any thoughts on him? I have a vague recollection of him being like standing out at the World Cup, but I might be absolutely making that up. Right, um, I'm so tired and sleep deprived, but um, I'm fairly certain like he had a, he had a standout or not standout, but like a decent World Cup. No, you're right. He did. He did have a decent World Cup, and he plays um, different positions as well, not just sort of right he's not like a right winger he plays can play centrally as well um but i don't have a lot of information all i know is i just i can't see us signing any more players i think someone just just in the in the chat just said we have 35 first team players well there's a a tweet here from someone who's reliable chris wheatley on twitter i'm sure he's a reliable person and the quote is ajax director of football sven mislant i didn't even know he's at ajax but apparently he left germany to go to ajax in april this year to replace uh, um overmars who had been sending dick pics to people uh so uh, ajax director of football sven mislant and mohammed kudas quote we're 
we've very finish to say we're very open and good we've had oh that doesn't make sense we've had very open and good discussions with both players and their agents with a clear wish in terms all right dog this might not happen yeah sorry in terms of timeline we need to we need time to get good replacements so that means it sounds like they're going to go although the best thing for ajax would be for kudov Goss, and edson alvarez to stay i mean that's a very bad translation properly. it wasn't my fault so i think um he's only got one year left on his contract anyway that's the problem and he's told them he's not signing a new contract so they kind of have to sell him basically um they're in that position now where they just have to get rid of the player so what, what are you going to do um it's now I think Chelsea are very interested. Obviously, I, I don't know what, who knows what happens in the background. A, a few reports saying he's waiting for us to come in. But like I said, we need to sell players. True. <laughs> we need to yeah. sell players. We, we just can't, you, you can't keep buying players. I mean, what happens then is even now where we've got like three left backs, really, like what, I mean, Tierney has to be sold, doesn't he, for money? He I'm just has looking, to be. We have to get money for him. We I can't be been, sending players on loan again. I haven't been overly impressed by Tommy Eshu in pre-season. Oh, but he, he has, remember, Danny, he, he got injured in, like, February. That was mm. his first game since we're in, um, yeah. we're on for in July. That he, was, he was his brilliant. first 45 minutes. Yeah. He was brilliant before, though. And he was playing but... left back as well he wasn't even playing his right back or his normal position so you're you're kind of like he, he hasn't played for almost six months when you think about it mm. that's that's a long time without games um you know and where's the game time going to come for him i mean you don't have reserve football anymore he's going to have to play under 21s to get fit because i can't see him starting at right back over ben white and if timber's second choice at right back where's tommy actually going to get game time when does Carabao Cop start? Is is that when you're looking next? Like you know, it's it's this is what I mean by sometimes you have to make tough decisions and say, you know what, you don't need a third choice right back and a third choice left back. If Tierney can't can only play left back, and then we saw Timber playing left back yesterday. We see we know Zinchenko can play left back. Cash in on Tierney while his value is still high, or you're going to keep him on the bench for another season and his value goes even low. Or you, you're going to send him to Celtic on loan, which is just bad business. And that's the type of business that we just need to avoid. Just sell them. You you have to make money at some point on players. You know, it's all good having loads and loads of players. But eventually, you, you can't just have the Chelsea situation where you had like, thousands of players. Players can't train in the changing room and change in the changing room and things like that. <laughs> you have to get rid of them. I, th I think Tommy Yasu's versatility, I think, is such a massive plus for him um, and a, a massive advantage is something that I think that Arteta likes. I think he would be, as I guess, I would think he would be the third defender that we would probably in next in line to lose kind of thing. I would, I would say holding... Is one I, I think that would would be out the door. I, I think you're right. I think I think um, Tierney, like the fact that he's he's not has he has he started any of the games, Tierney? 
I think like Kivior and then Timber. Yeah, but he's he's always come on for the last like twenty minutes and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I I I, I agree with, with with Femi. I think as much as I love KT, um, you know, cash on in him, cash in, uh, cash in on him whilst whilst he's, you know, whilst we're not having to give him away or, or something like that. You know, he's he's got worth that that people will pay for. He's he's a international top. Uh, left back he's just I don't think he's suited to how we want to to play right now um but I, I think Tommy Asu's the fact that Tommy Asu can play left back you know can play right back can play left back you know and he's an international center back I think is massively in his favor and I I, I think that he he I think he would probably stick around kind of thing and I, I'm not sure how many clubs would take a punt on him after, let's say, he's been out for so long with quite a bad injury? We were linked to another. Some... Uh, uh, Go on, Fen. No, I was going to say, and, and Holding as well, that you just mentioned, I even forgot that Holding's another one that could go. I mean, he came on for six minutes yesterday. And... That wasn't good. <laughs> it's, it's amazing, isn't bless it? Him. Yeah, bless him. Yeah, that's what I'll say on that. But yeah, I forgot about him as well. There's a few players that, and we, you know, it's still you, you always forget it's still July. There's still quite a lot of the transfer windows to go. You know that last week of the transfer window does go a little bit crazy. In the Venger days, we wouldn't have bought anyone by now. We'd still be uh, still be arguing over one million. Uh Ray in sunny Jamaica says, could us play as right midfield, attacking midfield and a false nine? And he follows that up with what about the player from Brazil? Don't remember his name. His name was I have gone and done a search on it. Um, Bitello, which is João Paulo de Souza Mares. Not sure how you get Bitello out of that. 23, right footed, central midfield, but can also play right wing or right midfield. And I think that was linked to be about £8 million from Gremio, who have uh, had hard times recently. They got relocated a couple of years ago and bounced straight back. But, Those uh, links that... are coming directly from Brazil, though, aren't they? <laughs> so, until <laughs> I'll be honest with you, until I hear, uh, someone linked to the Arsenal media world. And I know people don't like to hear this, but until you see the, 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 the guys that are properly in the Arsenal's media world start saying, yeah, this is happening, I would just be like, uh, I've seen so many of these stories with these Brazilian players or this player, and then they end up at Nottingham Forest or Wolves. And you're thinking, hold on a minute, weren't we linked with that guy before? Was it wasn't there one that we linked with all last summer, and then he ended up at Nottingham Forest in January? Is it Daniel? Danilo? Danilo, yeah. <laughs> like, mm. Well, they were desperate. Ray says, Runnison, one of the other keepers, trusty Pepe, Holding, Cedric McQuinos, Lokonga, Balogun, or Eddie will all go either permanently on or on loan. I think if they all went permanently, apart from McQuinos, he had a pretty decent loan spell at um, at North. So where are we up to? Uh, I, think, I think Trusty had a, had a really good loan spell at Birmingham. Player of the season. Yeah. He had a spell where I think he scored five or six goals all season. So I'm I'm only judging him on the skills contest that I saw the other day. That's all I oh, have. What to... a lovely bloke! How nice Absolute, was that for him? <laughs> Absolute garbage he was. Most. Of it. Yeah, but too fair. Yeah, I was saying, wasn't Havertz, Havertz absolutely a lot of people losing their mind at how how crappy he was at the at the skill challenge. That's what I mean. I'm I'm literally judging him on that. That's all I have to go on. So he's made up my mind based on that. <laughs> You've written him off. 
Um, <laughs> in the last few minutes, Richard, uh, what are your expectations for the first part of the season? Because I can't get you to put your foot down. We, we will be doing individual predictions for the season, um, closer to pre-season. We're going to do um, like five-minute pods, get everybody to do their own one and release the one after the other until you're sick of them. But uh, uh-huh. your initial thoughts of how the squad building and how it's going to go next season, because we've only got one question. Um. Uh, yes, so far for me, for, for so far so good. Um, you know, you look at those those acquisitions that we've made. You know, Timber looks, you know, especially like say for the first half that I saw on on what's it called, it looks like an absolutely phenomenal player. Um, let's say Declan Rice, uh, I think brings something that we we don't have, and you can see the qualities he has. I I also think though much maligned and and and. You know, he's got that little bit of a, un, you know, that that kind of style that that doesn't get the pulses rating. I I think Havertz, I think Havertz will be another player who I I think will excel under the system that we play and 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 how uh, Arteta wants to play. You know, the so so far so good. The only, the only like I said down part that um, like I said Femi touched on is that we need to start getting those those cells. You know, I completely forgot that Lakonga was at, was was still at the club. That's an, you know another guy. Um uh, thing. so yeah hopefully like I said we 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 carry on. Who have we got next? We got we got Monaco I think next. Is that correct? Yeah. And then Man City. Yeah. You know we 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 you know we bring bring keep the uh, the Emirates Cup where it belongs and then you know we absolutely hopefully like I say um Dick over um, Man City in the in the uh, in the Community Shield, and we, and we just we start purposefully and we explode, and we you know we we come out all guns blazing and and just and set the tone that we need to set and that we want to set, you know, get teams scared of us again. Um, you know, I, I I felt maybe towards the end of last season, not so with the fatigue and stuff like that, we kind of lost our way a little bit, not lost our way, maybe a little bit too harsh, but. You know, teams were a little bit more um, ready to come onto the front foot against us. Whereas, you know, I, I, I want I want teams being scared of us again. I want teams not even trying to press us because they know how press resistant we are. They know how good they, f- they fear coming up against our our midfield and uh, you know our our our, our, our strikers and, and and wingers and stuff like that. So hopefully, my what my my. Like I say, my wish and my hope for this that we 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 absolutely step on the throttle straight away from the off and just absolutely go for the jugular in in, in each of these games and and just rack up the points and get the points on the board as early as we can. Very good, I agree with that. Quick forgot you, Fem. Uh, Bronco in VA. Uh, is that a picture of you and Magic Mike Feinberg there? Um, you must be very short because Mike is only five foot six. He used to be five foot six round, but he's only now five foot six tall. So, have you changed your name? Because uh, I think we should. Uh, I get a, f- a feeling that we do know you, who you are. Um, Stan, need to sort out getting you on for a late night pod with a couple of other North Americans and have a chit chat. Um, Fem, how do you feel about um, what Richard just said about how the season is going to start? You can't really argue with that, can we? We could do, but you'd be mad. Yeah, no. <laughs> One thing I'll I'll say is. We've got to have a lot of patience at the start of the next season because I think some people think this season is going to start the same as last season when last season was a record-breaking start. 
<laughs> you know, we hit 50 points at a record pace. We were on like 23, 24 points at a record pace in the Premier League. Not just in Arsenal history, in Premier League history. So that means those sorts of things do not happen very regularly, which means you better we better get used to a few defeats and a few draws in the first 10 games on like last season. And I don't think we should have a meltdown because of that's just a normal season. Last season is the start was abnormal. So I think we just gotta be really, really, really careful with that and just be mindful not to just go overboard with the criticism. If uh, I you think, know I you're think talking to Arsenal fans, don't you? <laughs> I know, yeah, meltdown over preseason game. Yeah, imagine a, a league game. Imagine we draw our first game. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> People yeah. go mad. We got a set. Our second game is really hard. People think it's a walkover because we won there last year, which is Palace away on a Monday night. That's yeah. going to be rocking for them. Their first home game at Selhurst Park, same as last season. Um, but you know, with Roy in charge this time, and a Monday night game, first Monday night game of the season. Got to be <clears> careful, <throat> man. Got to be careful, and we've got to take the the, the bumps that we're going to get. Um. We're talking about the games we've got coming up Tuesday. Wednesday, it's Wednesday, I think. We've got Monaco in the Emirates Cup. And then Sunday, we have got Man City in the uh, the, the Charity Shield, not the not the Community Shield. How dare you? I think Arsenal have, uh, I don't know, they haven't won it the most. We have won it 16 times, the same as Liverpool. So that could go up to 17. Um, the last time we won it was 2020. We beat Liverpool on penalties after a 1-1 with no crowd. Time before that was 2017, 2015, 2014. And then uh, we had uh, a few other ones before that. Rich, is it important that we win the Charity Shield? Obviously, it'd be nice. Another early bit of silverware that we can wave. It's, it's not quite the Audi Cup. Or what was that other one they won the other night for beating a load of the sailors? T- the Tiger, the, the, the Tiger French Loaf um, Cup or something. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's important to win the charity shield. I, 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 this sound really, I don't. I don't mean it to be sound defeatist because I think if we if we show up and we play how we can, we can win the game and we can think. What I don't want is I I don't want us to get blown away or be fearful. I want us to go there and 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 take the game to Man City and and not be intimidated kind of thing. Um, that's my, my biggest thing. I'd love us to, 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 to win it and, and walk away with um, the silverware. But for me, again, I keep saying that phrase for me. Um, it's, it's, the, it's more about the performance per se than the actual winning of that trophy, just because of who it is. If it was any other team, I think I would, I would only be focused on on winning the game, um, but because of how we lost to to, to City, especially like I say that, that 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 second game at the Emirates and stuff like that, um, I think it's more more to me about the performance and and you know and the fear that we have against playing Man City and going up against Haaland and De Bruyne and stuff like that. So for me, it's more about more about the performance for me. But I'd, I'd love for us to, to to do a number on them. How do you feel about FM? Uh, is totally, it important? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I just don't think we can 
play Man City and get absolutely smashed again, like we did at the Etihad and at the Emirates a little bit, if we're being honest. And then it just kind of just that kind of put that as much as I say we should be careful for the start of the season not to overreact. I think that would dishearten us a lot because we would know that they just always have Umba. And at the moment, they're the one team that every time we play them, there's nothing we can do. Like, literally, not, they do whatever they want with us. They can beat us 1-0 and just control the whole game. They can spank us 3-0 within the first 45 minutes. They can, Anything they want to do with us is what they've been doing for the last few years. And we need to find a way to just stop that. And I think, like Rich said, a good performance, just a good performance, a performance where we hang, we stay with them for the whole game. We... We apart from that that New Year's Day game, I think we we kind of gave them a good game when we lost in the last minute. That was the the first time I thought, okay, okay, we can live with them. But yeah, please let's let's. I'd love I'd love to beat them. Oh God, I'd I'd love to beat them so much. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's going to be nerve wracking because I think that's one of the few teams in the league that can actually make me feel like, oh, this is all going to go wrong. It's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> But we've got new players, we've got new attitudes, we've got we've got new system. We've been working on stuff. We smashed Barcelona five three, and uh, it's not very often we have a preseason friendly where stuff like that can happen, and we think, oh, it, it, it's back on. But one thing we can be guaranteed of: it's going to be an interesting season, isn't it? And I'm looking forward to it. Yes, it is. Can't wait. I think we had one question. Oh, there's somebody new there, Mark. Hello, Mark. How are you? Uh, if you are new here, feel free to give us a, a thumbs up and a subscribe. Best thing to do is go into your work's email, copy the um, the URL for this podcast, and then just uh, CC it to everybody in your company's email database. It'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Tell them I said it was all right. The one question we have is from Avon. What a way to end the show. How funny is the Joe Lewis news second time? Frozen. Here. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You are? Or you're not? He's gone. He's gone. I think you, I think you froze, Danny. What did you say? No, I'm here. I'm still talking. Oh. Can you hear me? Uh, I can. I didn't really end the question. The, I, I saw. I saw a. Um, I saw a, uh, a tweet about this there, Joe Lewis thing, where it was. Um, uh, his bail is something like ten million or something like that. And he he's offered to pay two million plus Joe Roden um, over a number of weeks or something like that, which did make me chuckle. It did make me chuckle. <laughs> does, yeah. anyone watch the, does anyone watch the show Billions here? Oh God, yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, it just reminded me of that so much. I was just like, oh look, is this Bobby Axelrod here just getting getting arrested <laughs> in the, for doing dodgy deals in the in the thing? Yeah, but yeah, it just reminds us. Billionaires doing whatever they want until the the prosecutors decide to clamp down on them. I just had a look. My video did freeze. I'm on Ethernet. I don't even know how that's bloody possible. I blame you lot. Oh, here we go. A question from Mark. Uh, can you see Arsenal scoring 100 plus goals this season? Do you mean all competitions, Mark, or do you mean Premier League only? Because uh, we, I don't think you can expect to get 100 Premier League goals, do we? We got 88 last year. Yeah, I'm just looking. I've got a little. Uh, I won't be surprised here. I've got a spreadsheet of 
of every single Arsenal uh, season with all of their goals scored. Where is it? Uh, Arsenal all seasons, all games. Where's it gone? Oh, bollocks. I think I've deleted it. Oh, no, it isn't. That's not the right one. Uh, are we going to score 100 goals all competitions, do you think? All competitions mm-hmm. we could. Why not? But Premier League, just Premier League. I think we did well to get 88 last season, considering we didn't have anyone score over 15 goals. Uh, we shared the goals around quite well. So you're looking at 15 for, th- what, between 13 to 15 for Saka, Martinelli and um, Erdegaard. So you'd need your, you'd need, we need a striker to chip in with more to hit 100 goals. Mm. To, we need a striker to hit at least 20 goals. We're going to have to because there's, there's how many did, goals. How many, did, how many did uh, Jesus score last year? I mean, he missed a big 11. chunk of the season, didn't he? I think he scored 11. Yeah. Well, last season he scored 103 goals all competitions, 88 in the Premier League. And so the season before that, we scored 77 all competitions. Uh, season before that, 94, 93, 112, 113, 121. When, uh, 21. In 1670, yeah, but we scored 20 goals in the Europa League. I don't think that might have been. No, we scored 18 in the FA, 18 in the FA Cup. Well, we did win it, though, didn't we? There's 18 in the FA Cup, 20 in the Europa League, and 74. Five Mark in the Premier League. Just, Mark is saying just Premier League. Uh, we made a massive jump lot between the t- the Arteta season. I think we were like sixty something. Well, last season before. in the Premier League, like fifty something or eighty-eight in the Premier League last season. Seasons before that, 61, 55, 56, 73, 74, 55, 77, eight. 65. That eighty-eight goals broke the record. Beat anything Wenger ever did. <laughs> Wenger's most yeah. was 87 the year after the Invincibles. It was 88 yeah. was the most in the club history. 88 yeah. league goals was most in the in club Premier history. League history. So, yeah. You, so yeah, you, you're going to look 100 goals. It's quite a lot. I don't think it's... Yeah, yeah I think it's very hard to hit 100 goals if I'm not, if I'm not joking. Yes. Uh, Loki says he got 127 goals in 1934. Good. <laughs> you say 1934? Yeah, great. What a year that was. Excellent. <laughs> Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Bastin doing, doing well. Ted Drake and all that sort of malarkey. Right, one final question from Phil Macar. What is the one th- positive you have taken from pre-season? And then we're going to be done. I think I already said mine. Emil Smith role and his form. Um, it, that's That's my main positive. He's really encouraged me. Uh, that Saliba is playing football. I was really worried that they, his back injury was going to keep him out and we, we, we might miss him for the start of the season. Um, so seeing him on the pitch uh, all majestic was is a massive positive for me. And my well, one, actually, I think, would be... So good yesterday again. Oh, I'm trying to think what it would be. Um, just Saka. It's the easiest, but it's the obvious. He's just carried on from where he was last season, creating, and he is still running down the right-hand wing, stopping, cutting in on his left foot and getting past people. How he has gone full Robin now for two and a half seasons and no one has found a way to do it. And 
Robin did it for what 10 15 years, so hopefully, he's gonna be out. Do that. I don't know how people can't stop him. I suppose you do it once, you get booked, do it against you're off, so he knows that. But it's just amazing seeing what that bloke can do at the age of 21. It's excellent. Um, right, there you go, people. That is it. We are all done. Uh, if you if you like it, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, uh, tell everybody you know, tell them it's really important. And uh, we've actually had quite a few subscribers in in I think last month. We hardly ever get any new subscribers. We had I think we had uh, 40, 50, 60 new subscribers in the space of thirty days, which was amazing because we've been stuck on seven thousand for about a hundred years. So uh, yes, thank you very much everybody that did that. I don't know when we're going to be back. Chris and Josh uh, are too cool to do podcasts now. Chris did his spurt of doing two in a row and then he's lost interest in it. I don't think there's been any more signings that are going to be happening soon. So I think maybe the next ones might be players leaving because we've only really done one transfer show about a player leaving and that was Xhaka. So if any more of those happen, we will get back to you. I want to try and do a show with Stan, maybe get Mr. Waffles on because I'm sure they won't agree on everything. That'd be good. Do, do a North American pod. That'd be fun. Um, Richard, thank you very much. Nice to see you again. If people want to follow you on the on the Twitter, where are you? Uh, at Cactus Cash. I'm rarely on there, to be fair, but, yeah, I'm on, on there. Just spouting all sorts of nonsense about Arsenal or Star Wars or any sort of nonsense. Oh, well, but thanks, thanks, thanks for having me, uh, Dan. It was a pleasure to be uh, be back on here, mate. Yes, yeah, nice to have you back on, talking a little bit of sense. Um, and also, thank you very much to Femi. Femi, where where will you be next reporting for um, uh, HMTV, HVT, TMZ, whatever it's called? Yeah, you can see my Twitter handle on the under my name as well. Um, yeah, you can follow me. I'm complaining about Arsenal season tickets at the moment. That's my big complaint that I'm moaning about on the internet but you can be found at the games hanging around with six foot nine inch carl as your bodyguard because <laughs> you'll know that you're paying to, to make sure that the people don't touch you because you don't you're not mixing with the oi for loy anyway it's been lovely having you both back on thank you very much no worries and thank you to everybody who has watched today it's been a bit of a giggle and that is ours i'm going to put the thing back in my ear i've got some uh, pigs in blankets staring at me with my name on them so i need to hurry up and go and get them in my in my belly right thank you much everybody and here is your outro i'll be changing this soon i think might be getting a, a few new ones so here you go uh, goodbye as soon as i scored that goal i was fucking livid get down dog splendid business you nearly caught the bloody thing. What are you talking about? So I've just eaten a full quiche. Well, you don't often see them at him. So when you see them in the supermarket, they need to be swagged, microwaved immediately and get the brown sauce on one. Bosh, Bob's your uncle. Never in doubt. <laughs>